Hello and welcome to the Wellness Trinity Podcast, where we interview top holistic experts and bring you natural solutions for modern day wellness. Let's get started with your host, Dr. Jacqueline. Hi, welcome. Thank you for joining the Wellness Trinity Podcast. I'm Dr. Jacqueline from thewellnesstraining.com, where we provide natural solutions for modern day wellness. Today, we are going to discuss on our Women's Health Podcast series, the relationship between nutrition and our genes with Wendy Nickel from nutritionworks.vegas. Just a little disclaimer before we get started, what we discuss in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. What you do with the information is to be used at your discretion as the recommendations are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode was brought to you by Cellcore Biosciences. Creating solutions that work is what they do and restoring hope and health is who they are. Are you having a hard time conceiving? Are you concerned about raising healthy children? Would you like to age gracefully? These are all concerns that many women have. And in order to have healthy pregnancies and children and age gracefully with youthful skin, vibrant wellness, and incredible joints, we need to thoroughly cleanse the body in this day and age. Because there are more than 85,000 chemicals that are just plaguing the earth. And these chemicals cause a whole slew of problems. And a lot of it is related to the backup in the liver that causes diminished hormone production. Cellcore Biosciences protocol systematically removes layers of infections and toxins, thus fully cleansing the body. It gets you back to homeostasis where your body is happiest and healthiest when done correctly. I am happy to be on this protocol and I'm actually waiting to get pregnant because I want myself and my husband to be thoroughly cleansed before I even think of having a baby. And I don't fear growing old and falling apart because I know that if my body is at homeostasis, it's going to be just fine. I was told I look 10 years younger in my new headshot, so this stuff works. To learn more about the Cell Core Protocol, go to thewellnesstrinity.com slash detox. Wendy Nickel is a genetic nutrition specialist, master herbalist, functional nutrition practitioner, certified natural health practitioner, licensed massage therapist, and also known as the health detective. Wendy became passionate about her health problems when conventional medicine gave more and more pills for her symptoms. When she asked the doctor to help heal her heal, he didn't know what to do. That's when she became empowered to learn about how the body works and what she could do to heal herself. She went to school and learned functional nutrition, medical massage, and became a master herbalist as well as a genetic nutrition specialist. As technology advances and the science allows, we dig deep into understanding the best way we can support biochemistry on an individual level. So Wendy Nichol, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jacqueline. Well, it's an honor to have you, and um, I feel like we're kindred spirits already. I, I'm looking at your your past history of everything you've studied, and we actually have some overlapping schools we've studied at, but it's just funny how people that are passionate like me and you, we just, we open the can of worms and we want to know everything. <laughs> Doesn't it seem like that? I mean, with your background, it's just, it's like thing after the next, and it's like never ending, right? Exactly. We can, we can always dig deeper. So I'm, I'm really curious. Um, 
I mean, what even led you to all that? Why did you even study that? I mean, we, we heard in your bio that you had some health challenges that doctors weren't addressing and didn't honestly know what to do. So what were you going through? I was having some health issues in my late 20s and went to a highly recommended doctor and um, was really frustrated with my health and didn't know what to do. So because he was highly recommended, I assumed that he was going to give me the information that I needed to help me heal. And I didn't word it correctly with him. So uh, what happened was he kept giving me medications. And as typically happens with conventional uh, medicine, I ended up having side effects from the medications. And when I went back to him after about the third or fourth visit, I said, can't we just, can't we just fix the original problem? And uh, he really didn't know what to do with me. And he said, this is what we do. And he turned around and he left me sitting on the exam table. He just left the room. Oh my gosh. So that was my, that was my wake up call right there. It really was, it was shocking. But at the same time, I said to myself, I have to figure out. Like, this isn't working for me. So he did his best. He knew how to give out medications, but he didn't know how to help me to heal, which is really what I was asking. And so, yeah, so that's when I said, I've got to, I've got to go to school. I've got to learn how to do this myself. Wow. Wow. So that is the catalyst of why you end up doing all those different certifications. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I started taking some extra classes and what really led me into the uh, genetic, the nutrigenomic testing was I started learning about um, what was going to be the future, and that intrigued me. Uh, back in 2000, I think it was 2005, I went to a convention, a functional medicine conference, and the, one of the speakers said, mark my words, we are going to be learning about nutritional genetics in the near future. It's going to take a few years, but we will get there, and that really is where healthcare is going. So when he said that to me, I, you know, a little light bulb went off in my head and I said, I'm interested in that. But when he started describing what it was and talking about the, the genome project, the human genome project, I, it was just over my head. I was like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know if I want to know about that, but I'm intrigued. But I thought, I don't know enough yet. So I'm just going to hang tight and continue with my functional nutrition training. So that's exactly what I did. Okay, so you deal a lot with irregular menstrual cycles. Mm -hmm. uh, we're talking about female health on this series here. So you deal with it all, the, the um, PMS, the weight gain, the history of cystic ovaries uh, or PCOS, yes. decreased fertility, hair loss. I've dealt with hair loss and I have a whole head of hair now, um, but that's a whole different story in itself. <laughs> history of miscarriage, uh, fibrocystic breast, Excess facial or body hair and menopause are some of the main things that you deal with when it comes to women's health. Can you, you know, you talk about nutrigenomics. Can you just break down a little bit, um, just explain for the audience, what is that and how does it relate to all these different symptoms that women are having? Sure. So it's a, it's a common question when people, when I talk to people about it, they don't always understand what it is. So I try to break it down as understanding that nutrigenomics is the interface between genomics and nutrition. So it's basically the science of how naturally occurring chemicals in foods alter molecular expression of genes in each individual. Wow. 
So I firmly believe that diet and nutritional intervention must be personalized to the genetic characteristics of the individual because there is not one size that fits all. So all of us are uniquely different. Okay. Okay, so we're all uniquely di different. We're born with a set of genes. Yep. And then you do, the, you do this test. So what are you finding when you do the nutrigenomics test? So uh, there's several different panels that we can run. So um, the women's health panel in particular, it looks at uh, 26 different genes. And in there, there are eight different categories. So um, in there, it breaks it down into specific categories that really help uh, to understand uh, what categories and um, areas that we want to focus on for that particular person. So I hope that makes sense. So okay. I can, yeah. I there are certain, certain things that will be highlighted that it's going to be more, um, that, that person really needs to think about if they want to be healthy. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, so you were talking, we were talking off air a little bit, and you had mentioned that there's certain weaknesses and there's certain strengths. Um, we don't really necessarily want to just think, oh, no, we're, we have these weaknesses. We want to understand that we have strengths, too. Um, so how does that relate to our health and knowing that piece of information? So when we know what our strengths are, we can, we, we can basically say these genes over here are are very strong for us. We don't have to worry about those, right? They're, they're gonna stay strong. It's the weak genes that we wanna focus on as far as being able to change through diet and lifestyle. So we can focus on the characteristics of those genes and, uh, and help enhance those. So lifestyle is huge. Often that is overlooked, but Diet is important, of course, which as a nutrition therapist, I'm very much focused on that. But the lifestyle, uh, as in sleep and um, even meditation, all of that is very, very much important to how those genes will react. So I hope that makes sense. So it cut out for a second. You said meditation, okay. right? And then something else? Yes, so meditation and sleep are very important and rest overall. Mm -hmm. Those are very important. Uh, it goes along with diet and as, as to how the genes will behave. So the yeah. genes are very, very much dependent on how we treat them. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that a lot of people worry about is um, often I have people come in and they tell me, well, my mother had PCOS, so I'm probably going to get that too. Or uh, my grandmother had breast cancer. So I'm worried that I'm going to get that and I want to, I want to do something about it, which is, which is a great way to look at it. But knowing that there's a probability for that person to have an issue with that, we can then run these genes to find out specifically, not just what genes are weak, but also look at the pathways too. Mm. So those are supported. They're very important. Yeah. So when people think, oh, well, you know, for me, example, I have a great example, actually, for, with my family. My grandma on my mom's side died of breast cancer when she was about 58. So I didn't really know my grandma growing up because she died when I was about three months old. And then um, my dad, he died of cancer. Um, it was in his lungs and spread through his bones. And um, it was actually started, in, I don't even know where it started, but it was in his esophagus too. So it kind of just went all over his body. It's what it, is what it sounded like. And he was on oxygen tanks at the end. 
So he was only 38 years old. So naturally, I think in the back of my head as a young child, I probably, without even realizing I was thinking it, thought, I, I'm doomed to buy a diet of cancer. <laughs> I have it on both sides. My dad died at a very young age, and you know, I'm just gonna get cancer and die. And so I ended up studying at Hippocrates Health Institute when I was about 24 years old. And I remember them saying um, about breast cancer in particular, only 3% of breast cancer is inherited. The rest of it is diet and lifestyle, which is exactly what you're talking about, right? This is it right here. We've got the information available to us to, to empower us to uh, create health. So yeah. that's what I mean when I say our genes are very dependent on how we treat them. Yeah. Yeah. So basically to sum all that up, I mean, we're, we're not necessarily doomed to die at a young age like my dad did or my grandma did just because they had cancer doesn't mean I have to have cancer, right? Exactly. Exactly. So there is a chance, yes. Uh, but with these, with this test that we run, um, we can we can really fine tune what it is we're going to work on to strengthen. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of there's a lot of good information with this. Okay. Well, let's dive into that a little bit deeper. So, why would anybody get this test done? So, well. Trying to think of where to start with all this. So I know I've, I, we've already unpacked so much that I almost feel like that's a silly question to ask, but I'm yeah. sure someone's out there thinking, well, okay, my doctor or my functional, you know, nutrition therapist or whatever they're, whoever they're going and consulting with mm -hmm. already gave me a whole list of things that I need to get tested for. Um, yeah. Or maybe they're not testing, but, but let's just say they did. So why would they want to do this one in particular? So the women's health panel in particular, it would be very helpful for a woman who's concerned, like we were just talking about, for, for a concern about um, getting a cancer or getting some sort of a, of a health problem. Um, it will empower the client to, uh, to really work on strengthening certain things. So we can really target, like I said, the pathways. Um, but Mainly it's empowering and knowing what your cellular strengths are and your weaknesses. So it's good to know both. And that gives you a fighting chance to change your health destiny. So we want to know uh, if your genes react by turning on or turning off. And um, again, how we treat the genes really determines how healthy we're going to be. So okay, it's, it's very, very helpful. Does the test... If you have a particular gene that is that can be more, I don't even know if that's the word, right word for to say. It, um, let's say it has a SNP, so it's mm -hmm. going to be weak, right? If it's or it's more likely to be weak if it has a SNP, as far as I understand genetics, and doing these type of tests. So does the actual test show you? Well, then this type of food is going to be better for you. So not in a particular food, but um, it might. So there's recommendations that come back with the lab, uh, from the lab. And with that, it guides me as a practitioner to help show people um, this type of uh, fasting might be good for you. Like somebody oh. has a glucose issue, right? So hypoglycemia, um, or if they're hypo, um, I could guide them through guided specific type of fasting. 
Mm. Um, so that would be helpful. And, and again, women with PCOS sometimes have issues with, with hypoglycemia. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so blood sugar testing. So again, um, one of the things I would watch for is, or maybe work with another practitioner to run specific tests. So it will guide me on other lab work, extracellular lab work, blood serum testing. Uh, so there would be certain things we'd want to keep an eye out for. Okay, so this particular test is called nutrigenomics, right? Yes, so it's just, it's a category. Okay. Right? So there's, there's, uh, there's, there's many different kinds. There's a foundational test. There's uh, a men's health test. Uh, there's also one for autophagy. There's another wow. test. Yeah, so there's, there's many different kinds. So we can target what it is um, uh, that the client might be concerned with if they have a problem area or they're worried about something. Or if they, there's even just a general wellness test also. Huh. Okay, so on that note of fasting and autophagy, I think that's fascinating that you can pinpoint how the genes can be related to how effective you can do a type of protocol like that. Do you find that there's certain times where it's not recommended for people's with people's genetics to do fasting? Yes. So if someone is hyperglycemic, I would definitely... Uh, be very cautious with that. I would have to gather a lot more information and find out. Um, usually fasting is not recommended for them. Mm. So, um, and in, for somebody that's hypoglycemic, I would guide them, but very cautiously. We would modify things carefully. We, we would stay in close contact while they went through a fasting. Okay. So with the whole idea of epigenetics and our, our genes can turn off and on basically b b with our environment. Um, I'm just trying to understand if somebody is more, has a particular SNP that maybe they're more likely to be hypoglycemic and they're not, can they consider fasting? Yes, so that's where um, the functional aspect comes into play. And I would work closely with them to see how they react. We'd start out slow, baby steps. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great note on fasting because I've tried to do it myself a bunch of times in different ways and stuff. And it just, I don't know, some people are just gung-ho about it. And I, I just don't feel very led to it personally. I mean, I'm, I definitely am for it for particular yeah. clients that are dealing with really, really bad health issues. Um, but at the same time, um, I mean, I've dealt with my own things and it just never seemed to be, it never seemed to fit with me. So I'm, I'm kind of really curious. I want to do this with you, actually. <laughs> I'm really curious what my autophagy would look like and how uh, my genes are, say, whether I should fast or not. And that would be interesting. Yeah. Now, so, yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead and expand on what you were going to say. Oh, just about the autophagy. I think most people benefit from it. So for those that don't know, autophagy is, um, is a process where uh, the cells can clean house, so to speak. So it gives them a little rest. And that's typically where um, like a cellular detox happens. Mm -hmm. So um, that's, it's pretty beneficial because most people, especially as we age, our cells become more polluted and become more sluggish. And so if we go through a process of fasting or intermittent fasting, it can really benefit people towards feeling better. It kind of gives the cells a break. Mm -hmm. That makes so sense. It's like a restart. 
Yeah. Well, so it gives it a break, but in autophagy, it actually helps the body to rebuild too, doesn't it? Yes, exactly. So it's like, um, it's like if you're going to build a house, you're not going to go ahead and put all the roofing materials on the property first. You know, you're going to start at the foundation. You're going to work there first. So mm -hmm. it's a step-by-step -step process. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, it kind of cut out again. Oh. I got you here. I don't know if you can hear me okay. Yeah, you're good now. Okay. So, so uh, can you repeat that last word on autophagy? Because I'm, I'm fascinated by this, and I know that, I'm, that a lot of people that are watching are probably interested to know as well, and we kind of got a little bleep here. Okay, so um, autophagy is where the cells clean house, and it's important to do it in the correct order. So there's a little process, and I, I like to guide people on it, and the, the fasting and intermittent fasting will help with that. So uh, it's important to do it in the correct order, like uh, when you're building a house. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that you don't put all the roofing materials on, uh, on the property first. You want to start with the foundation. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's a guiding process. And as you start to build, uh, you go ahead and, and give a break also. That's what the fasting does. It gives a break so that the cells can clean house. So then you mm -hmm. can go ahead and build again. So I hope that makes sense. Well, that break is, so if we're eating, the cells are going to have to be working. So that break is basically, you're not having to digest your food. Now we can actually clean the body with those enzymes and everything that the cells would be a part of, right? Yeah, that's a great, great way to look at it. So food is just, it takes a lot of energy to digest food. So if we give the body a break from that, it actually not only helps you to kind of clean your digestive system, but it actually helps on the cellular level. And that's why I'm, I'm such a fan of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's a great word on autophagy. And um, I think that could be a whole different podcast in and of itself because okay. um, it's, it's a, it's something that I, mean, I want to ask you personally before we get to the next question though, is what type of issues are you recommending fasting or particular types of fast for in terms of women's health? So I, that's where the individual, uh, it would take uh, some information from me. I need to get a, a client's history mm -hmm. and I need to know, you know how dedicated they can be. Um, I try to meet my clients where they're at. So mm -hmm. there's really no black and white or there's no protocols. Um, I really modify my suggestions for each individual client. So okay. it's difficult to, to put that into just a, a bold, this is what I do. Yeah. Well, I, well, I'm just curious, is there certain types of symptoms like um, for diagnoses like cancer? I mean, I, I hear fabulous words for, you know, for encouragement of people doing fasting for situations like cancer because it kind of just seems to eat up that tumor with autophagy. Yeah. Yeah, so I would work, as a practitioner, I would work with their oncologist mm -hmm. and want to make sure that there's a clearance and support from the oncologist, okay. making sure that this client is, is, uh, is up for it, right? Mm -hmm. So I certainly don't want to interfere with any, um, with any protocols that, that the oncologist has the cancer patient on. Uh, but if they're done with treatments, you know, and a lot of times I have cancer patients are usually my, my 
best clients because they're very motivated. Mm. They've, they've really looked at their health very closely and so educated. They're usually very educated and they're on board. So uh, wow. I really enjoy working with them because they're very excited about their healing journey. You know, they've already been through a lot yeah. and now they're really, they're really trying to work hard and they, they seek my advice and they, they communicate well. Mm-hmm. So um, I really enjoy working with cancer patients. So sorry, you asked a question about. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think that's awesome that you bring that up too, um, that they're very motivated. Because one thing I'm always trying to figure out when I work with clients is how do I get in their head to make them make a move, you know? And um, it's unfortunate that it has to get that far for some people, mm-hmm. um, which basically is kind of what I'm gathering from this. It's like they've gotten so far to the extreme of, with their health that now they're just like, I'm doing anything to survive. And it's kind of unfortunate. I mean, we were talking about before we got on here about preventative. I mean, it's what if we did certain things with our diet and our lifestyle, you know, using tests like what you do, where we can actually not have to go down that rabbit hole, right? Not have to be motivated by the fact that we got to a point that is just so toxic and so everything's just out of control in our body. Exactly. So that's what we like to do is to help prevent. But some people don't aren't motivated until they get to that point. Um, or they thought that they were doing things really healthy for their body and they just didn't know. They, they, they yeah. thought they were eating really clean and they were working out and they were, they were trying very hard to be living a healthy lifestyle. But that's not what their body needed. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's, where yeah. My, yeah. that's where expertise comes in. You, you know, you bring up a good point too, because I, I will say this too. There's a lot of people that are really trying. I, I'm a perfect example. Before we got on the, the call, I was talking about how I'm going through my parasite cleansing right now. And I mean, you would look at myself and you think, oh, Jacqueline's the healthiest person I know. She grows her microgreens. She drinks tons of E3 Live. She you know, eats everything organic as much as possible. She takes all her supplements. She's always detoxing. She does a sauna and a brain tap. You know what I mean? The, the list goes on. I have my own personal gym. <laughs> and that would make people insane to even begin trying to chip away at it. But the thing is, if we don't get specific and deal with the specific types of challenges that a person is, is often, it could really veer you down the wrong path. And for me, what I realized recently that I wasn't addressing that needed to be addressed with parasites. And I work for the parasite company, which is funny, funny in itself, but um, now I'm dealing with and having great results. And it's just, uh, it's, it's life changing when you find these little details that help basically biohacking our, our body. Yeah. So that's what you're doing, and you're customizing your healthcare, and you are taking responsibility for it. Yeah. So I want to know a little bit more about this test. Um, How is this testing any different than what people can find online? So, yeah, that's, I actually get that quite often. People ask me that. And what I like to explain is there's so many companies now that that are offering this and it's available to the public, which is great. There's a lot of great information out there. Um, But I like to caution people that when they do purchase a DNA nutrition package, they usually get a ton of SNPs uh, that have been tested, and they get so many that are not relevant. Um, All of us have SNPs that that are inefficient, and we adapt to most of them. 
And when the consumer goes online and gets a few hundred of those genes tested, they are not of importance. And that's what I try to explain to people is um, our bodies adapt very well to the genes that are not relevant. So yes, they are part of our genetic makeup. Um, they are important to a certain degree, but most of them are genes that we've already, if they're weak and broken, the SNPs are broken, then we've already adapted to most of them. So it's great to get refinement, and that's what I like to do is with my testing is really refine what it is we're, we're working on for, for that client. Does that make sense? Yeah, let's dig into that a little bit. So what is a SNP, first of all, for people that don't know? So yeah, so we're all made up of, of genes. So of our mom, like from our mom and our dad, and we all have a little bit, so everybody knows that. So we're a little bit of each. And some of us have uh, genes that are just a little bit stronger than another. So sometimes we get weaknesses from our mom. Sometimes we get weaknesses from our dad. Sometimes we get strengths. So it just depends. And uh, basically it's just really trying to, to know what they are for each one of us because we're all a little bit different, like I said before. We're all a little different and unique. And getting them strengthened is what is, is very important. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know if I've explained that very well. <laughs> so SNPs, it, they're basically what we're going to be more prone to being weak in, right? So SNPs is, is like um, they're, they tend to be they're broken. We have strong genes and weak genes. So a SNP is single nucleotide polymorphism. And um, they are, uh, some of them have little broken pieces in them. And that's where we have like typos. I, I like to explain it. They're like typos. So little broken pieces. So the body is always copying and making SNPs. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we're trying to repair those or strengthen those areas that are weakened. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. Okay. So you've had a lot of family members that have had hormonal challenges and other female problems. Um, what can we do to alter those and, and change your destiny, basically? So, yeah. So one thing, um, in this testing, when we run the panel, we look at, like I said before, 26 genes. And um, those are the genes that are probable issues for, for a lot of women. So when we look at those 26 genes, we will put those... 26 genes into eight categories, which I'll explain in a few minutes. And those categories are methylation, clot risk, estrogen metabolism and clearance, which of course is detoxification, follicular sensitivity, hormone metabolism, metabolic risk factor, hypertension, and vitamin D transport. So this testing looks at both the lifestyle recommendations and suggestions. Um, and the laboratory um, puts in a little bit of information also of their recommendations, and I take that into consideration. And it's a fabulous tool to help guide me to, uh, to really customize a plan for each client. So I can lead into one of the most common questions now that I, that I often get from women, which is, how can nutrigenomic testing help with hypothyroidism? Mm. Mm -hmm. So 
Don't we know so many women that have hypothyroid problems? Oh yeah, especially where you're at in Las Vegas. It's yeah. uh, I could go down that rabbit hole with Las Vegas and why, but I want to hear what you have to say. So yeah, well, women are typically more than men, 20 times more um, probable to get thyroid problems. So um, in this testing, a lot of people think that there would be a gene that would say, okay, you, ha you have or you will get a problem with thyroid, but there isn't one specific test or one gene that says that you're going to have a thyroid problem. So with that said, um, thyroid hormones, just know that they work with the steroid hormones. And this is why it's important to have objectivity by running blood work. So this is why I like to work with other practitioners and have them run blood work too, to make sure that we're seeing what's happening um, in real time with that, with that client. Well, yeah. So what I'm wondering too, is so what you're seeing, it's not the gene actually being expressed or not expressed, right? Mm -hmm. It's just, this is what you're born with. And then the idea of doing other types of um, blood work or other types of labs is let's get real time how it's being expressed, right? Yes, yes. Okay. So it's important to still get annual blood work or depending on what's being tested, maybe a little more frequently. Um, it's really important to keep an eye on that. So I like to collaborate with other practitioners um, to help make sure, because I'm not, it's not my job to evaluate people's labs uh, as far as their urine or their mm -hmm. blood but I do take that information into consideration as to what areas might need to be strengthened mm -hmm. or yeah, looking at what's weakened. So it's information for me as a practitioner, even though I'm not diagnosing, I want somebody that looks at those labs though all the time to evaluate and make sure that, you know, there's not something more serious happening with this person. Okay. So, yeah. so how does estrogen metabolism play into all this? So, well, you know, part of that is the methylation. So a lot of people don't know what that is, but I, if I can explain a little bit. Yeah, yeah, please do. So that does lead into some of that. But um, this test in particular looks at vitamin conversion and delivery. That's what methylation is. So um, it's a primary biochemical process in the body that involves the addition of a methyl chemical group to a vitamin or a neurotransmitter. And neurotransmitters, by the way, are chemicals that are used to produce specific effects in the nervous system. Mm -hmm. And these specific neurotransmitters, uh, the genomics assess a woman's risk for anxiety or depression. And I've had a lot, I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of women come in that have, that have at one time or another have had issues with that. With anxiety and depression? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, now that I'm aware of the parasites I've been dealing with, um, as I've been cleansing them out, the the tox so so parasites release biotoxins mm. they're toxins from infections and so i can't believe how i've actually felt anxiety during releasing these okay. I, I felt it before because i was feeling the parasites but as i'm releasing them i would i would be like oh my god i'm on cloud nine and then i'm like oh my god <laughs> and so it's a process um but but yeah, I mean, that's my personal experience. But I mean, yeah, people are dealing with it for all kinds of different reasons. I mean, if you don't have the right nutrients to build your GAB or your serotonin, which are neurotransmitters, you're going to probably have some anxiety. Right, right. And so then there can be further testing specifically for neurotransmitters if needed. So if that's an issue, I would encourage my client to, mm -hmm. to take a look at that and get the testing done.
Yeah. So, yeah. so when you get this test now, when you're supporting people nutritionally, are you, are you using supplements and food or just food? No, I'm everything. I'm using diet, uh-huh. so food, right? Uh, but I'm also using, um, I'm, fi- I'm finding out information about their lifestyle. I want to know, are they happy? Uh-huh. Are they sleeping? Are they, are they in a, a relationship that's not benefiting them? Mm. Um, I want to know what quality of sleep they're getting. Um, do they need to have a sleep study? Often that needs to be done. Right. And, uh, many times they don't, they don't want to do it or uh, they don't even consider it as to being a problem. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like as time goes on, especially in this last year or two, it seems like a lot more people are talking about sleep and how important it is. Uh, Americans, it's, I mean, it's been for so long where we just, it's prized to go, go, go and achieve, achieve. And it's like, how many things can we check off our list? And we're just in this rat race trying to survive. And, and it's gotten out of control, especially when I was living in California. <laughs> that was a whole different story in itself. Um, but sleep is, is one of those things where like, oh, I'll just sleep when I'm dead. But the, I don't think a lot of people, when they're saying that, are realizing that if you don't sleep, you're going to die sooner. <laughs> yes. And you're probably not going to live a very quality, good life. Just no, what it is, you're not going to be healthy. Your body recovers at night. Um, do you want to expand a little bit on the sleep topic? Oh, a little bit. Um, sure. I usually just try to find out. Uh, well, here's a helpful tip. I a lot of people don't sleep in a dark room. Uh, yep. Many people, many people have either they leave the TV on or they have a nightlight. Sometimes they have an out outside light, like a a street light that's coming in the window. And um, I try to explain to people that the pineal gland right here is very sensitive to light, even though your eyes are closed. If this section here gets light in it, it, it wakes us up. It causes us to start to wake up. Even though you're sleeping, you're still not in a deep, you won't get into a deep sleep if that is interrupted, if there's light in the room. Mm -hmm. you know that's it's sometimes the little things that make such a huge difference and even I'm thinking about it like I I know it's one of those things it's like I I personally know that you need to be in a dark room I like the I like wearing eye mask and sometimes I just forget or I just don't put it on um but if I don't have it on I I could tell that because we put a salt lamp out in the the room outside and we can it can kind of I can kind of see it Um, as I'm sleeping, if I don't put the mask on totally. So it's, it really does help me go to sleep. And, and we, and you know, I think some people might be thinking, well, how would that help? But I love how you explain how it connects to our pineal gland. And and if that's off, then we're not going to be able to produce as much melatonin and be able to get a good sleep. Yeah, exactly. And then of course, we all know about the, the iPads and the phone devices that are next to our beds. Um, you know, those need to go off hours before um, we get into sleep. So at least two to three hours, I try to get people to to make sure that that's out of the room or turned off so you don't hear it dinging or you're not thinking about it. So yeah, the deep sleep is very important. It affects people's uh, mood and uh, a lot of other health issues too. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So basically, and we probably said this a few times, but lifestyle can affect our genes right? Yes. That all said to basically sum it up to that. So 
And, you know, in another way we can think about it, you said relationships. If we have negative relationships, that can cause the expression of our genes to be negative too, right? Right. So what that is, so uh, if I can explain a little bit more about that, the a negative relationship causes stress on us. So a lot of people think of stress as being, oh, I'm busy, I got to go, and lots to do. But the emotional stress of being in a relationship that's not healthy, that causes us to have higher cortisol levels. And our body, we've got the gas pedal down all the time. We've got too much cortisol, and I'm generalizing. I don't know many people that are, that are calm and relaxed most of the time when we should be. But uh, it's really important that all aspects of our life is we have downtime. So that's where the meditation comes mm. in. And uh, it's important that we don't have the cortisol levels raised too high all the time. The body, it causes inflammation. It's a direct link to inflammation. Mm. And that will cause anxiety and depression and a lot of the women's health problems that, um, that we're talking about today. Mm, okay. All right. So let's, let's sum that up again. So we have negative relationships. Someone's in a bad relationship. It's toxic. And especially in a lot of women, I think don't realize their worth. Um, there's been this black and white gray thing go on, going on with, uh, have you seen that on, on social media with all these women posting about women supporting women basically? Yes. And so someone sent me it. So I was like, all right, I'll post a picture. But, um, I'm just thinking about that as we're talking about this and, you know, how often do women look at other women and get jealous? And, um, you know, we just, we tear each other down. And, and, it, and that just stems from an insecurity inside ourselves. So if we're insecure about ourselves, now we're tearing down someone else. And then how can that affect our relationship even with a friend, right? Or a colleague, um, let alone what kind of man are we going to attract into our life if we're insecure and, and don't love ourselves? Right. Right. It doesn't create a healthy relationship the opposite sex so yeah that's very important so it's really important to evaluate everything and that's when a client comes in to me I'm I'm asking a lot of questions usually I see for the initial consult I see people and it's usually two hour 90 minutes to two hours Mm -hmm. so I want to know everything about their life I want to know their history I want to know their current situations so well the health detective that's what you are yeah yeah Yeah. so I'm busy I'm 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 yeah, I'm asking a lot of questions. Yeah. Well, and really that's what a, a, any type of health practitioner that's good really should be asking those questions unless they have, I don't know, a really fancy biofrequency machine that says it all. But even at that, <laughs> you, you still kind of need to dig a little bit deeper if you're seeing certain markers come up. Um, I, I mean, I even, even the machine I have, basically, it would show your emotions. But I want to know why it's coming up. You know, let's deal with this root. If we don't start talking and having that conversation, um, you know, sometimes I think things can be dealt with without having that conversation, but it's amazing how when you're asking questions and you're probing someone and you're going back and forth, how healing can happen even in just that moment for what that thing needs to be uh, released. So, you know, I wanted to sum up that relationship thing. So I gave that idea of a toxic relationship and where it's coming from, right? Um, and then you said it increases cortisol. So I love how you connected that part of it in their hormones. And then as a result of increased cortisol, we have more inflammation in our body. And then now as a result of too much inflammation, we have 
anxiety, we have depression, and the, who knows, the list goes on, right? That like inflammation is a big root of why people are sick. And then it just dives deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole as we try to con keep trying to figure out where the root is of the inflammation. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that's, a, that's why it's important to ask a lot of questions and really try to figure out where is this person, not just physically, because they're coming in because of physical issues, but also understanding their emotional state too. So it yeah. all fits, we're, we're all one. It's not just parts and pieces. That's what I always like to tell people. You're, you might be coming into me for PCOS or an infertility issue, or you're concerned about uh, you know, your painful menses, but uh, we look at that, but we're also looking at the whole picture, the whole person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when people take this test that you do, how is a sample obtained? It's done with just a simple cheek swab. And if people don't, in fact, I can help people anywhere they are. I can have a, a kit shipped off to someone and instruct them on how. We just take a, a two-minute uh, sample on the, on the inside of the cheek. It's done with a little, just a little swab, like a large Q-tip. It gets shipped off to the lab. And within about two weeks or a little less, I have the results back. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is kept private, by the way. Some people are concerned about mm -hmm. privacy. It is kept private. And in fact, the lab doesn't even have uh, the report. They send the report to me. And then I send that on to my client. And wow. There's no record of it between the two of us. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a private company and it's not sold anywhere else. It's not, it's not going to be ever sold or out on the World Wide Web. That is actually, that, that's, that is the exact reason why I personally haven't gotten into it. Aside from the fact that I always am, I have a million things I'm studying. So um, it was, it's definitely been on my to-do list, but I've been very concerned just like the, what you're talking about are, what are they doing with this information? I don't know if I want people knowing my DNA. <laughs> so right. I'm glad that there's companies out there like you're mentioning that are, are really, you know, keeping it private because I, I don't, I don't trust everyone in this world. I, I mean, you can probably understand why. <laughs> it's a, it's important. We need to watch out for number one. So yeah, yeah. it's a good, now, I get that too. Is the test expensive? Not, I don't think relatively it's not because um, you're also getting guided advice so that you know, what your strengths and weaknesses are. The cost is for these 26 genes, so each test is a little different price, but for the women's health panel, it's 225. Mm -hmm. And right now, that's currently what it is. That's always subject to change, but it's, it's okay. only 225 right now. So. Okay. And then how soon do people get their results? How soon? That's within usually uh, 10 business days or up to two weeks. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's not too long. That's some some lab tests take. I mean, I have some labs I run, and they take up to a month. It's like, come on now. But I, I realized that it doesn't really matter for me in a lot of cases because there's so much I already know I need to do um, in that month that we can wait. <laughs> we can we can prep them for the next for after they get that information. There's always more to do, right? There's always more mm -hmm. to do for our bodies. But yeah. sometimes we've gotten these tests back as early as five days. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's really a fast turnover. Mm -hmm. So how often do people need to rerun the test? 
So that's another question I often get too. Um, it's not, so the genes don't change. So we're born with them, they stay the same. So when we run these tests and we see what's strong and what's weak, um, we know that those are gonna stay that way. However, like I said, how we treat them, so the environment is what changes. Mm -hmm. so, and that's what I teach people. It's like, how do we, how do we change to strengthen um, how the genes behave? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes complete sense. So if you guys missed that, how the genes behave, that is the most important part. It's not that fact that you, like I was born with a family, a couple family members on both sides that had cancer, right? I don't have to sit here and think, oh, I'm going to be doomed. I'm going to have cancer. It, I can't tell you how liberating it was when I heard that lecture at Hippocrates Health Institute and realized, oh my God, I'm not doomed to get cancer. <laughs> it's the environment like you're talking about, the environment that we put the genes in. What does the terrain in our body look like? This is why we have to make sure that our blood cells are cleaned up and, and sparkly and shiny. But in order for that to happen, I mean, you have to go down this huge rabbit hole of let's clean out all the parasites and fungus and candida, et cetera. And, mm -hmm. and let's make sure we address all the deficiencies, like what you're talking about, which is, is just so beautiful how you can get specific with a, a person and, and what their particular body needs more or less of um, based on their genes. Yes, exactly. So it's targeted. It's really, it's precision nutrition. So that's what I love about this. It's really understanding what this person in front of me, what they need to become stronger and how to enhance it. I'm one of those two. My grandmother had breast cancer. And so I always thought for so many years that, you know, it was probable for me. So I'd always do the, the typical checks and go get my blood work. Never a problem. I did have a scare though with some lumps. I had fibrocystic breasts at one time. And then I, that's when I was starting to figure out how all this plays. Mm -hmm. And I started taking more, uh, uh, more vegetables that have sulfur in them. The dim, mm -hmm. I started doing more of that. And so I continually do that because as I age, the chance of me getting a breast cancer is probable. It's in my family. Mm -hmm. But I'm doing preventative things so that hopefully knock on wood, I won't, I won't have a problem with that. So I'm, I'm taking control over that. Yeah. So what, um, since we're talking about dim, what foods do you eat for that? Mm -hmm. uh, mostly the sulfur containing foods. Uh, so onions, garlic, lots of broccoli mm -hmm. and, uh, let's see, leeks. Um, trying to think what else There's so much of cauliflower. Right, so and a lot then of cruciferous continue. vegetables. It sounds like right. Exactly, exactly. Um, sulfurine. So um, those those help with estrogen clearance. Mm. So that's one of the things that in my genetic test I found that yeah I do have a weakness, and of course my my grandmother had it. So mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, so if I, people have too much estrogen, then they're more likely to have the the lumps in their breast. Pro probable. Yeah, it depends. So caffeine, chocolate. You know, lots of coffee that can certainly cause the problem. And for me, that's what I was doing a few years ago. I was eating a lot of chocolate and living life and having my coffee. I was having daily um, cappuccinos and mochas. And, <laughs> yeah, that was before I knew better. And I started started realizing, hey, my, I had painful painful breasts, and I went into the doctor and 
I had a couple of scares because they weren't sure what that was and went to the MRI and I had very dense breasts. So it's difficult to see. So, you know, I, I had to take several visits and I'm like, oh God, here it comes. I'm, my grandma had it. Maybe I'm going to get it too. I hope this isn't it. But, uh, you know, that's when I really started paying attention to my body and started asking questions and saying, what can I do to change this? Like, I might not live. Why do you think caffeine and chocolate are not good for people? No, they're not. <laughs> there's, there's good things in them, right? There's some good, mm-hmm. there's some good um, components. Um, but, uh, for example, if I'm trying to help a client to uh, eliminate or cut back on coffee because I've run allergy tests on them, um, I will try to get them to switch to green tea mm-hmm. because that's much, much healthier. And it still gives them a little boost. Do you think that it's because it's acidic? I'm just, um, I mean, th- there's the whole debate. Like there's some practitioners that think it's okay. And then there's some that are just like, ah, it's the devil. <laughs> so um, nope. I always like to ask why, like, why yes. is it not good? Great. So that's a good question. So that's what I ask too, is like, cause I have most people come in and they say, I can't do without my coffee. Mm-hmm. Haven't we all heard that? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like I'm not. And obviously, there's a point where it's too much. I mean, your heart will be like this. <laughs> yes, yes. So I I actually run allergy tests. If people want to know, if and sometimes I ask them, can we find out? Can we run this test? And a lot of times they they will find out whether or not um, they're allergic to coffee bean. Mm. So um, I will then try to switch them and give give them to a better alternative. But you know. We've heard like on mainstream media how good coffee is. And then a couple weeks later, we hear it's not good for you. And then somebody, some other university runs a test. And, oh, it's good for you again. <laughs> so it's true. There's benefits to coffee. Same with chocolate. But it's not for everyone. And usually chocolate's combined with what? Sugar. Sugar. Yeah. I found some chocolates though that don't have sugar in it. So that's where I'm like the cacao bean itself actually seems like it has a lot of healing benefits and in nutrients, magnesium and iron, um, which is why I'm thinking maybe, maybe that's why women actually crave that on their period is because they're Mm -hmm. lacking those nutrients. Um, But I would get something like lilies versus (laughs) um, something, you know, that, that is full of sugar that, that sugar I think is the biggest problem. Mm Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. So in terms of the the chocolate, at least I should say the, well, the coffee, obviously if people are loading that with sugar, that's a whole different story in itself too. Yeah. So yeah, we could certainly talk a while about that, but yeah, there's benefits to both, but it's not good for each person. This is where the individual, Mm -hmm. individual um, care comes from. So we really want to find out, does this person do well with it? That's a great way to tie that into what we're talking about because because that's the question all the time is, well, what should I eat? And then it's, and then we want to just lump everyone in this category, like just follow this diet. And then we wonder why, why do some people do better with vegan? Or why do some people do better with keto? Or why do some people do better with paleo and whatever their diet is that they're trying to do? Um, And so I I think that there could be seasons too, uh, that people need to walk through certain types of um, diet and fasting and lifestyle certain situations because of if you're really sick it's a whole different story than if you're just kind of off um i think a lot of people are really off that's just a whole different story but um really off and then very sick could be uh you know a huge difference on how we address someone's um, health issue but Mm -hmm. that's a great point though 
you know, back to tie it back into the coffee and the chocolate that uh, maybe in general, it might not be the best thing, but maybe for certain types of people and their genetic structure, it's not really, it's not really that bad. Uh, providing you're doing it organic, you're not putting it full of sugar, you're getting good sources, et cetera. Obviously, I want to put that disclaimer because um, I don't want you to go to Starbucks and think, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm good, I'm clear. <laughs> you know, you got to make sure that you're not putting all that extra stuff that's making it toxic as well, right. as well as buying beans that are sprayed with all kinds of stuff as well, too. Right, exactly. That, that's what I try to tell people. It's, I do try to work with them and meet them where they're at. So if, if they're not going to give up their coffee, I say, okay, then please go to organic. Like mm -hmm. find a way if you're going to make coffee at home or if you're going to go out and buy, make sure that you're, that you're purchasing organic. You want something that's, that hasn't had a lot of uh, pesticides and herbicides sprayed on it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. You want to talk about turning negative genes on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So sugar's toxic. It's to every person, everyone. Mm -hmm. Some people can tolerate it better than others, but, for the mm -hmm. most part, I'm trying to find alternatives for people that are wanting to do, uh, you know, sweeteners and have, have sweet things. So you, your taste buds change too. So you, you can adapt. So I, I do let people know mm -hmm. that. Both That's so true. They want to get serious about their health. They can, they can eventually cut out the sugar and they'll feel better for it. Right. That was huge for me too. Um, and even fruit sugars, um, carb sugars. I mean, there's all, even if it's not sugar, sugar, there's a lot of ways that we can boost our blood sugar and, um, we need to be cognizant of, of where that's coming from. Obviously white sugar is like probably the worst, but, um, you still might be getting too much of these other types of sugar sources. So I'm sure with your testing that you could probably dive deeper into that, whether someone should, can eat more or less fruit and things like that as well too. Right. Yeah. It's important. It's important to make sure that we get a well-rounded diet and, uh, fruit is fine, but you can't have 10 servings a day and expect to be really healthy, right? We've got to balance that out with more, with more of the healthy fibers and, and proteins, fats, um, of course, vegetables. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it all plays into the overall health. Yeah. All right, Wendy. Well, I I'm so glad that we had to have got to have this conversation with nutrition and how it relates to genetics. And I really can't help but feel that some people listening to this, or maybe even a lot of people listening to this, are going to be quite liberated in many ways. Um, as you were talking about genetics, I started getting this picture of when you're looking at that report, it's almost like you're seeing your future if you don't take these steps. And how powerful is that? It's like, I mean, you can almost look into your future and it, I mean, you can, you can take the good road or you can take the bad road. <laughs> and that probably does not sound like the good road. And, and then who knows what else can turn on? I mean, it's just, that's probably a, a portion of it. And then what you're going to, you're more likely to have maybe a weak liver if you have a snip for that, et cetera. Um, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to have other issues in our body too, right? Right, exactly. So it really boils down to how we treat our genes. And so your, your genes want good sleep. They want good rest, not just sleep, but rest. Um, they want good nutrition. Um, they also want to, your genes want to make sure that you are um, supported on all levels and you're happy and healthy. Uh, so you get rewarded with a longer life and uh, just overall happiness. Mm -hmm. you know, life is good when we have our health. 
Yeah. So I just, I try to focus on that on every person that comes in to see me. So it's yeah. like, let's, let's make things better. Yeah. So we have this technology. We can really work towards that now. So we have information to help better our lives. Mm -hmm. And it's on a, on a chemical level that when our body's healthy, it actually makes those neurotransmitters, like we mentioned, the serotonin yeah. that makes us happy. So it's yeah. not health and happiness are, are so intertwined. It's unbelievable. And I wish that more people could see that connection. So Wendy, sure we could dive into this whole thing a lot more, but um, for the sake of time, where can people find you to gather more information if they are looking into this? My website is nutritionworks.vegas, and I also have a Facebook page, and that's Nutrition Works of Las Vegas. Okay. Are you on Instagram too, by any chance? I am. I'm not. I'm not as versed on Instagram. I'm trying, <laughs> um, but I'm Health Detective LV for Las Vegas. So Health Detective LV. Okay, I'll be all right. I'll have that in the show notes as well. Thank you. So yeah, people can get a hold of me on my website too. I have a direct link of contact me and that links directly to an email. That's the fastest way to get a hold of me. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for unfolding this for us. It's it's a newer topic that I've brought on my show. I we we I've talked a little bit about genetics with Dr. Choksi, and that was a fabulous talk. Um, but I love how we're able to get into the SNPs today a little bit and what, why that's important and how we need to really think about how we can support our, our genes with our nutrition and that it's not necessarily a one size fits all. This is why not all diet plans, or I, I hate the word diet, but nutrition plans don't work for everyone. So Wendy, I just want to thank you so much for your time. It's an honor to interview you on the show. And I, I'm, I'm just, I already know that so many people are blessed listening to this. Wonderful. I appreciate you uh, getting in touch with me and letting me talk. So um, I'm really glad that we had this visit today. So thanks, Dr. Jacqueline. And listeners, I just want to thank you again for coming and listening to this, engaging every week. Um, make sure to like and subscribe and continue to follow the, the content. Um, I'm really excited to share this information with you every single week. I, I hope that you are as uh, excited to pick these people's brains just like I am. So we will continue again next week and God bless. I hope you got a lot of nuggets from that episode. There's just so much to learn as a woman and helping balance our body and, and be able to give life to a newborn and raise these healthy children. And, and then, of course, we don't want to get wrinkles when we grow old. And a lot of us are losing our mind and we're losing our joints. I mean, there's so much. And then on top of that, then there's weight loss. Have you ever thought about, man, it'd be so much easier to be able to lose weight if I did not crave that cake every day or some other bad thing like cookies, etc. Well, we have Gluco Optimizer. So along with your cell core protocol, you can add the Gluco Optimizer in to help balance your blood sugar, help fight those cravings. And you'll see here, there's a lot of other things it does. It protects against heart disease. It helps increase muscle mass. Now, as a woman, you might think, I don't want to have big muscles, but I'm one that doesn't have big muscles, and I work out all the time and lift a lot of weight. Lean muscle keeps you thin. So with that and the combination of something like Gluco Optimizer, weight loss is going to be a lot easier nowadays, you guys. 
All right, ladies, I hope you enjoyed that show again. Go ahead and check out Gluco Optimizer so you can optimize your weight loss program. Thank you for listening to the Wellness Trinity Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more wellness tips to help you achieve optimal health. Don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you on the next episode.